ready when you are. All right, so this means, uh, for those of you who are watching, I'm about to throw my voice. <laughs> Since I forgot my reading glasses, the vicar is going to read the scripture for this morning. But let's pray first. Almighty God, I come to you now as your servant, asking that the words that I speak this morning would not be mine, but they would be yours. Asking, O oh God, that those who hear receive these words would receive them not only in their minds and in their hearts, but deep in their souls, O oh God, that place where only you and they go. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I would do your will and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Luke 13, 1 through 9. About that time, some people came up and told him about the Galilean Pilate had killed while they were at worship, mixing their blood with the blood of the sacrifices on the altar. Jesus responded, Do you think those murdered Galileans were worse sinners than all you other Galatians? Not at all. Unless you turn to God, you too will die. And those 18 in Jerusalem the other day, the ones crushed and, and I lost my sight, killed when the Tower of Siloam collapsed and fell on them, do you think they were worse Christ citizens than any other Jerusalemite? Not at all. Unless you turn to God, you too will die. Then he told them a story. A man had an apple tree planted in his front yard. He came to it expecting to find apples, but there wasn't any. He said to his gardener, what's going on here? For three years now, I've come to this tree expecting apples. Not one apple have I found. Chop it down. Why waste good ground with it any longer? The gardener said, let's give it one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it, and maybe it'll produce next year. If it does, then chop it down. Amen. Okay, so... How many of you, as you have gone through life, have heard either a pastor or somebody say, well, they got what's coming to them? Man, you've heard that phrase before? We've heard the phrase that AIDS was God's answer to the gay community. We have heard that because of what happened in Christ's church, that was God's displeasure with the fact that, that there are those that would support and, and dare to love Muslims. We have heard on any number of occasions when an airliner goes down that God somehow saved that one little baby out of the 300 and some odd passengers. I'm here to tell you this morning that... The, the reason that this is the perfect reading for Lent is because this once and for all, folks, puts to rest that God is at the root of your troubles. Or that God is punishing you for not thinking correctly. Or that God does half of the stuff that we give God credit for. Now, I know that there are going to be some people sitting there going, wait, whoa, 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 we got to give God credit for everything. Amen. Look around you. Michael brought it out this morning. You could not ask for a better sanctuary. That is the handiwork of God. That is God's creation at its best. But what do we also know is part of that creation? Anybody? Cold weather. Cold weather. Tornadoes. Hurricanes unbelievable rain sometimes ungodly hot amen 
-hmm. And of course, you know, when it gets that hot here in Georgia, what do they tell you? You're just getting a taste of hell, amen? <laughs> the point is here, folks, and Jesus makes this to these folks, is that you are living in the world that God created. And it's up to us to learn how to live within that creation. And when you make mistakes, sometimes there's a cost that's a pretty high price to pay. Amen? Amen. Look, there were years ago, I remember my great-grandmother, God love her, um, she, she was born in like 1898. So her... Uh, her experiences when she died in the in the middle 70s uh, or early 80s was that she had gone through a lot of changes, amen? She had seen a lot. She had seen him shoot rockets up through the, the air. She uh, People landing on the moon. The invention of cars going from horse and buggy uh, and all of those kinds of things. And I remember she used to sit there and say, the weather is messed up. Are you ready? The weather is messed up because of all the rockets we keep shooting through the atmosphere. <laughs> Can't keep punching holes in the atmosphere, y'all. <laughs> it's going to make things worse. And so every time we had a bad winter, every time we had a hot streak or something like that, my grandmother would sit back and cross her arms and go, keep shooting those rockets up in the air. We can't breathe anymore because we got cars. And you know, she was right. She was right. But this is how God intended it. The creation is constantly growing. We are constantly progressing. And what do we know about God? See, it's where you're going to start this conversation. What do we know about God in God's relationship with us? Anybody? Give us free will. Thank you. We have a free will. And God has promised us that God will not interfere with that free will. So here's my problem. Every time a preacher says that something's gone wrong because of the gays, or something's gone wrong because of the women, or something's gone wrong because we are not, uh, <coughs> we're not godly enough, they are hypocrites. They are hiding behind what they have decided is a mean God. But if we understand and really hang on to the idea that God is allowing us a free will, guess what comes with free will? Consequences. Consequences. Amen? Amen. Somewhere, <laughs> we have gotten away from taking responsibility for our actions. Now, you know, I am willing to help anybody. I am willing to, to, to go to the ends of the earth. But when I read this reading this morning, I went, damn, this is going to be kind of hard. No. I'm more than willing to hand out hygiene kits if it gives you a moment of dignity so that it gives you an opportunity to make a good decision for your life. Amen? Amen. And we have that responsibility. What is it that God requires us to do? To be fair, to be merciful, and to be humble in our relationship with God. Not hide behind God every time something goes wrong. To love. People kill each other not because God is trying to punish somebody. 
People kill each other because they choose to exert their power over another. And if you're being humble with God, then you don't need me to tell you not to kill somebody. If you are trying to do the will of God when somebody ticks you off, you don't need me to tell you that you need to find a way to forgive them. This is exactly what Jesus was saying. You know, I know that this, this scripture has gotten twisted sometimes because when Jesus said, look, if you don't, if you don't change, y'all going to die too. <coughs> and so everybody sits there, or at least a lot of conservative theologians, and the pastor sat there and said, see, God, it's like Santa Claus. You better watch out, better not pop, better not cry, etc., etc. God is watching you, and if you make that wrong move, you're dead. Or you're going to get some kind of disease. How ridiculous is that theology if in fact you believe that God gave you a free will and that God would go to any lengths, i.e. Jesus Christ, to have a relationship with you? Let that settle in for a minute. Jesus is saying, if you continue to do these stupid things, you're going to die too. You're going to continue to have wars. You're going to continue to ignore your health. You're going to continue to do those things because you think somehow you have become a god. And that you have the right to make decisions about other people's bodies. That you have the right to decide what people should or should not believe. That you have somehow have the right to decide who people can love and not love. That was the warning that Jesus was giving. That we've got to change that, folks. We got to start paying attention to our relationship with God. And how does that play in to Lent? Since we're doing this journey this week and we're doing this in, in, inward look at ourselves, you know, you're supposed to be sitting in the mirror, in front of the mirror, with a scripture, daily reading, and asking yourself, how does this affect me? Which, by the way, I'm going to need you for that in a minute. The. Uh, Yeah. The other Lent readings. But I had a point with that and it just left. <laughs> Dang. Here's some questions, though, that you can ask. The question is Is it that important to us? Are we willing to give it our best? Are, you, are we willing to love our enemies? To, to forgive those who have hurt us? To bring hope to those who despair? To encourage those who are faltering? To share the good news of Jesus with those who are looking for new life. To sacrifice our possessions and our time for those who are in greater need than us. To judge others by the standard that we would be judged by. That, that's good. Do you get it? This is all about you and what you're doing with your relationship with God. It isn't about the catastrophes that are happening around us and whether God is punishing See, I know that there's some that, that want to make God a puppet master because life is hard. It's hard to make good decisions. It's hard to decide to forgive. 
it's hard to decide not to take something that doesn't belong to you. And it's even harder in the world that we live in when it seems like so much is going wrong. It starts with you, folks. It starts with each of us and what our relationship with God is. And if we understand what our relationship is, then we're not going to kill people. Amen. It is. You know, we can tell children all the time, man. We teach them. How do we teach them? You know, there's a fire right there. and We say, don't put your hand in that fire. Now, I was one of those kids, if you told me no, <laughs> right? Look at my hand. Consequence of a learning experience. And it's always there to remind me that there are some things and some places your hand does not belong. Amen? That had nothing to do with whether God loved me or not. So ultimately, the story for me, when you sit down in front of the mirror and do that evaluation of yourself, is what's coming next? What great adventure are you and God going to do today? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to see? Who are you going to tell a story to? There's a notice that appeared in a window in a coach store in Nottingham, England. And I can't read it with the English accent, so you'll just have to take it the way it is. <laughs> we have been established for over 100 years, and we have been pleasing and displeasing to customers ever since. We have made money. We have lost money. We have suffered the effects of social rationalization, coat rationing, and government-incurred rules. We've had good prayers. We've had bad prayers. We have been cussed and discussed. We have been messed with, lied to, held up, robbed, and swindled. The only reason we stay in business is to see what happens next. Amen. Jesus gives you that opportunity this morning to see what's going to happen next. God bless you. Amen.